Thank you for being here today, visiting with us, coming back. I miss, always miss home, my home church when, uh, when I'm on vacation. I always feel like, well, this is different. We got in on the airport, you know, early. We left uh, Saturday morning. Uh, um, after we went, actually, we left Saturday sometime in the day. It's all kind of a blur. But uh, we got to the airport. It was like we had to get up at like 4.30 in the morning to get there, get our stuff ready. So our eyes were dragging. Our eyes were, you know, we're kind of dragging ourselves through the airport. And we're getting all ready to go. We're all seated. And then we had to get back. Well, actually, we were in a line going, and we had to come back out. And they had to, they forgot, or somebody wasn't doing their job, or something got overlooked, a security check thing. So we go back, and we hurry up and, you know, you hurry up and wait thing. And so that was the way it went, started out that way, and then we uh, kind of s- s- somewhat of a sleepiness, slumber on the plane. You know how you sleep? Just kind of, you just kind of doze. And uh, so that's, that's how we got, we got down there and then away we went. And uh, so Sunday morning was our, our uh, well, I was thinking about you guys. I was a little bit, uh, you know, wondering what was, you know, was, we heard good things. So we're, that made us happy. And I think we were probably eating lunch about the time I was thinking about you guys. Um, appreciate letting us get away. But if you're like me and I know I am, uh, I like home. If you haven't figured that out, by now I'm a home person. I'll get away if I, if I have to. Okay, that, you guys plan it, I'll show up. So that's it was it was okay. I got I got I got along okay. Uh, but you know I'm a horse like going back to the barn when it's time to go home. I'm I'm nothing turning me back. Just keep going going to bed. I like consistency. I like sometimes. Not can get me into trouble. I like familiarity. I don't know. I just like simple food. Hint, hint. I like things that are, you know, I like sink your teeth in. I don't like things too spicy. I'm just kind of a Norwegian plain guy. Okay, so. But God's word is good, man. I, I can't get enough of God's word. I need more of God's words every, every day. Uh, what I read yesterday is, is good. What I read this morning, but... I need to keep reading, just keep seeking. So God is a God who never, we never runs dry. He always has a vast supply, and he just about the time you think you've maybe figured a particular verse out, he sheds another light, a stream on it, stream of light on it. And so I've been reading, I'm just, I'm gonna take something out of my devotionals today. I'm, I'm not ready to hit Second Thessalonians yet, because I'm just got application. And it takes me about a week, to get back in the rhythm, so just bear with me. So I'm, I'm going to do something right out of my devotional reading. Is that okay? And so I read the Bible, I read straight through, but I try to take the new and, you know, read it at the same time, so to speak. So I figured I'm get a, getting a balance diet of God's Word. And just little hints, you know, you can read Proverbs through in a month, probably, if you read a chapter, uh, you know, every day so to speak, 28, 30, 31, 31 chapters in Proverbs. So it's just a little hint, something I do. I try. I don't always hit it. I don't know, you know, I don't, I'm not one of them guys with you. Yeah, you've got to do this or you're, you know, God's going to abandon you. No, that's not the way it is. He understands your busy schedules. He'll go with it. You know, he's, he's good. He, he is a God who goes with us wherever we go. And so I'm reading along here in Isaiah. 
And this is one of those passages that you can take to the hospital with you. Okay? Now, many times, several times I've I maybe used this portion of scripture with someone who was facing surgery. Right? Sometimes a scary thing to face surgery. Wondering if you're going to wake up. Right? And so, this is the passage, Isaiah 41. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, it doesn't get much better than that. If God is promising to his people that he is going to be with them. You think God is capable? Yes, absolutely. Is God looking for ways for us to fall down so he can beat us up? No, he doesn't do that. God says to Israel, you are chosen. Backing up to verse 9. You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected. Let's talk for a moment about being chosen. How many remember in grade school that humiliating thing when you had to be picked for the team to be on baseball or whatever? And you like saying, I hope they pick me. I hope I'm not the last. And it's kind of an awkward feeling if you've been there. But let's guess what? God has chosen you. How do you know that? But God's word says, just as he chose us, Ephesians 1, 4, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. That God had a plan in motion. God knew already that those who would, who would, would love him back, God knows already who will receive him, but he chooses everyone through Christ. All those who will come through Christ are chosen. Now, you think about the nation of Israel was chosen. Why did God choose Israel? Well, he says, because they were a small nation. Because they were little. Because they were weak. And God knew the beginning to the end, as he always does. And he knew that they would be stubborn, and he knew that they would be obstinate, and they knew that they would be disobedient, and he still chose them. I don't know about your theology when it comes to that. I don't make a lot of sense in my mind. Well, if I was going to choose somebody, I would choose somebody that I know they would show up on time for the job to do the work and follow through, right? But God chooses people that reject him, that will not follow through, and God chooses to show himself. And as you read on in this passage, this whole this whole book of Isaiah is an amazing book. It's, a, it's kind of long. It's, one of, it's a minor, not a minor, but a major prophet. And how did Isaiah keep on proclaiming the message that God was wanting to bless them, but they must repent, they must turn and serve him? How could he do it? And I wondered, could it have been based upon Isaiah chapter 6 when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, right? Isaiah had an encounter with God. He had a vision. 
He was taken into the Holy of Holies. He was taken into the presence of God. We sang about the seraphim, the cherubim who flew, the, the winged creatures of angels that covered their eyes, covered their face, covered their feet. With the other two, they flew, demonstrating the holiness, the perfect, perfection of God, the absolute sinless. And yet God chose us. And you read it in the New Testament. And he chose you and I while we were yet sinners. He chose you and I while we were turning our backs toward God. He chose us. And he humbled himself and comes to die a crucifixion death. What is it about our God? What is it about our God? He's... There's no other God besides it. This, would, this is repeated over and over in Isaiah. And the problem with Israel is they keep forgetting their God. They kept forgetting. They kept wandering away from the promise. They kept wandering away from the miracles they had seen, from the provision that had been provided. They kept wandering. I want to go back to that place where we at least had uh, cucumbers. I'm tired of this old manna. We're tired of the same old thing. We're tired of being told what to do. And we want to do our own thing. Sounds very much like Adam. The old nature, the old sin problem. As we all have it. We've been born into this thing that we have it. A me, me, me. A me, me. What's in it for me? And we need the Lord's help. I want you to notice how God says in verse 10, I am with you. He says, I am your God. You know, he says, I will strengthen you. He says, I will help you. He says, I will uphold you. It's the problem is when, we, when, when I begin to fear, it's usually a result because I'm leaning on my own strength. I start to imagine all the things that go wrong before they ever happen. Is anyone human in this place? Yes. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. We get, we get to get bothered by things. We start to imagine what people are going to say before they say it. We start to imagine the worst. We start to prepare. And then we get there and it doesn't happen at all. It's fine. Many times. Many times. I'm not saying all the time. You know, there is legitimate fear. Don't get me wrong. There is legitimate fear. If the fire's hot, you should not touch it. If the curling iron's hot, you should not touch it like it happened to be in on the, you know, one of the motel things there. Uh, reaching for something. Boom. Whoa. Ow. Things are, there are certain boundaries. If, the, if you're afraid of heights, you probably shouldn't be staring over a cliff going, whoa, whoa, you know? Certain things that boundaries. God stationed boundaries for our livelihood, for our lives. To be honest, he, st he stationed boundaries, brought it right into our everyday lifestyle, boundaries. That there are things we need 
to guard against. He's chosen us because he knows we cannot make it on our own. He's chosen us because he's, he said, I will be with you. In other words, if I try to do this on my own, if I try to work out some other way to get around uh, the, the boundaries of God, I'm going to end up in a place where I don't want to be. I'm going to end up becoming a person I, I was never intended to becoming. If I begin to just live for self, just begin to live for Gary, then I become, become the most uh, miserable person, person there is. Because we could never satisfy what is in our own wanting, what, what our flesh or what our, our old man wants. There's no end to it. That's why the sin problem needs to be fixed with Jesus, an internal fix. It's a heart, it's a heart issue. It's an internal problem. It's, it's something that's going on in the soul. It's something that we need to have replaced. We need to have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. You see, I'm not, I, I, I'm not good enough. Okay. I didn't ask you if you're good enough. Is there anybody good enough? No. He's good enough. He's more than good enough. I'm starting to learn this. You know, the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a good verse. It's not, the emphasis is not on me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. How are you going to face that trial alone? What is your plan? That's a terrific question. That's a horrific question. Better yet, we get to face our trials with someone who knows all the beginning to the end. You get to face your trials. You're going to face your trial. In fact, the only way you can face your trial is with the Lord's hand in your hand. We were never meant to walk alone. We were never meant to be a superhero Christian. It was never meant to be a one-man band. It's always been in the art of God to, to dwell in his people at the same time, all nation, every tongue, every tribe. That is in the heart of God today. That is what he's waiting for. That is what he's wanting. That is what's going to happen in the end times. So we, get, we might as well get used to each other, right? We might as well get used to loving each other, right? We're going to be brothers and sisters of the Lord forever, right? Ever and ever and ever. Hey, we're never going to stop learning. I, I threw this verse out in this little, you know, we call it a Sunday school conversation and whatever the pastor comes up with. We visit and then I try to throw a verse or two in and try to get the, Guys to thinking, hey, remember what, what is Deuteronomy 29 29? How many remember that? You, you knew it. The secret things belong to God, but the things God has revealed to us belong to us. In other words, there are questions that I will never, ever 
know or have an answer for this side of heaven. This won't. Those secret things belong to God. But the things he has revealed to us belong to us. In other words, he has revealed stuff to us. He has revealed enough for us that we have enough to go on. We have enough to make it to where he wants us to go. We have enough to understand that this is a part of this life. A part of the problem is when I don't see it, I don't see how it's going to happen or how it's going to ever, ever, ever turn out. It's this little word called faith. Which, in definition, in Hebrews 11, says faith is a substance of things hoped for, hoped for, of things unseen. Now, remember the day, well, maybe even yesterday, I got to my truck from the shop, and it's because it sat there so long, the battery went, mmm. Yeah. Faith that it would start, didn't happen. Now what? God gave us common sense, right? Right? Now, I remember there was a booster box at the fix-it place. How many know what a booster box is? It's got a couple of clamps. You plug it in, it has a battery. You put that on your battery, and boom, you're in business, right? I may know what the Lord is liking us to come to him to get a boost. You see, if I only live for self, I'll be empty. If I only want what I want, I'll live a miserable life. But if I realize it's by the grace of God that I have my breath, that I have my life, that I that my heart's beating in my chest, it's by the grace of God that I can walk and move and have my being. That is, but that is a gift from God. And you begin to understand that every day that He gives to you is a gift. And He wants you to love Him first. Love Him. I'm not saying anything here about doing it. Doing comes later. If you are square, square up with God in your heart and be openly honest with him and realize there's nothing I can do to earn my salvation. Nothing. There's no earning in this. It's accepting what he's done on the cross. Accepting the crucifix, accepting the blood of Jesus, accepting that I cannot save myself, admitting I can never be good enough. He chose me in him before the foundation of the world, before the foundation of the earth. This is a wonderful thing. This is a wonderful thing. Uh, hard to fathom. So his choice. He makes no mistakes. But he has a way in which we ought to walk. He wants us, after we have come to him, to realize we are now going to begin this path of becoming more like him. And now we're in a lifetime adventure. Falling down, but getting back up. Stumbling, but the Lord catches us. He's with you. In other words, when you're walking the path, and something comes along and sideswipes you, 
Or we'd say, caught us on our blind side, or blind, you know, there's a blind side and you're, when you're driving, there's a, you have to be careful when you merge, and you know, you have to look, train to look, but how many are figuring out, the older you get, it's hard to turn. Okay, come on, I'll get you, that'll get you, right? But we have to, we have to somehow figure out there's nobody in that lane. Well, this is what happened, this is what happened. I'm getting through this merging area, and the guy beside me is not budging, and so I'm crowding closer, and I'm coming, and now I'm on the curve. And that's just the way it went. It was either the curve, or it was either get sideswiped. So sometimes you get through and thrown, thrown into the curb. Then you say, thank you, Jesus. You got it. We got through this. There are times in life well, you never saw it coming, but when it comes, like a storm, it hits you suddenly, and you, if you get to it and you're still alive, you say, thank you, Jesus, because God is a God who is with us. He said, do not fear. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. When we get anxious, we have to say, why am I anxious? The psalmist says, why, why is my soul downcast? Why am I upset? And I will dare say, for me, it's because I've taken my eyes off the Lord for a moment. And I've just begun to think in my own strength. And I'm like a Peter, who maybe was doing okay as long as his eyes were on Jesus. But the moment he took his eyes off Jesus, saw the winds and the waves, he became overwhelmed. He became, this can't be happening. This is not normal. And he began to tremble. And of course, he, he sank. And, you know, but Jesus... Pull them up. Pull them out. You see, we're never going to appreciate his grace, his mercy, until we have deed, until we have been broken, until we have been hurt, until we have been sometimes unintentionally or intentionally Whatever it may be, what I'm getting from this, going with this, is the things, if I were to ask you, what makes you anxious? You can make your own list. You can fill that blank in. But what makes you unanxious? What puts you at rest? When you're anxious, what do you do? When we're anxious, what should we do? Over and over again, we see throughout Scripture the men and the women that were persecuted for his name's sake. They were put down. They were tortured. Most of the disciples gave their lives as a martyr. The problem with the nation, as we read this passage, the nation of Israel was they were looking across to their neighbor. Oh, that's a pretty cool idol. I think I'll go over there and join them. Really? Oh, that's, I got to have that, what they have. And they forgot about the God who delivered them out of bondage. They became anxious because God wasn't doing 
No, Moses was on the mount 40 days. Where's the guy? Let's just build this camp. Aaron, you put, you know, put it together and boom, this idol was there. Well, we say, well, how could that happen? How could a nation of America, how, can, how come our nation has slid back? How come we're struggling in our morale? How come we're struggling in our identity? Because we begin to look at other things. We begin to consider other gods. Oh, there are other ways. Directly against God's word. He says, no, no other name. No, there's no other God. There's no other name. And I want to stand here today and be proud of you people who have taken this stand today. The name, the name of Jesus is your God. We call him the Lord and the Savior of your heart. There's a freedom in that. There's no other better way to live than knowing that you're walking with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He has chosen you. He wants you to be with him. He had a plan for you to be with you forever and forever. He has plans. He has secret things to give to you. Remember as a kid, we were at Christmas time, he couldn't wait, he wanted to peek in the presence. Come on. He had it all figured out. By the time Christmas came around, he had it all figured out. Some of you, you thought you did. Then do you remember the time David pulled that trick on Lenny and I got a new BB gun. His was old and junky, my brother next to me in age. Oh my, was he upset until they pulled the other new one out of the closet. He said, gotcha, or losing, you know. It's just, we did stuff like that. What does God want? Really, what does he want? He wants you. What's your heart? What's your spirit? Your spirit. Your spirit. He breathed you into life. He brought you into life. His spirit, Romans says, wants to bear witness with your spirit. Notice this. That you are his son or daughter. He chose you. Well, you say, well, it's just Israel was chosen. No, 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 no. You were chosen as well. You were grafted in as a Gentile. Romans speaks toward the process of grafting. You become heir. You become the son or the daughter. I cannot save myself. But he can. I cannot change. And I'm getting back to the Philippians. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm learning this. It's not what I can do for Christ. It's what Christ can do through you and I. This, look, put the emphasis on him. It's not what I can do through Christ. What Christ can do through me. So Christ is leading you. Christ is your shepherd. Christ 
is the one flowing through you by the Holy Spirit. Notice, I will strengthen you. You ever prayed for that strength? Maybe you're carrying stuff. Yeah? Maybe you were just trying to make the stairs. Maybe it was just a moment in life where you felt your breath taken away from you. You said, Lord, strengthen me. You know, Samson had strength, but he messed it up, didn't he? Samson went on his, he went, he leaned on his flesh. He began to say, well, this is no big deal. I'm going to take what I want. I'm going to, you know, I want that woman that looks good. I'm Go get her for me. And he began to flirt. And it's one of the saddest verses. The Spirit of God left him, and he didn't even realize it. Oh, that just touches me. That just burns in my soul and spirit. Oh, that may I never become so used to preaching, so used to coming before the Lord and just assuming this is the way it is. You know what I've learned just this morning or even yesterday? God is not a microwave God. He can be. What do I mean by that? In a microwave, hurry up, give me my stuff. I've got to get down the road to side. God is not interested in those kinds of relationships. He wants you to simmer. He wants you in a crock pot. He wants you to soak until you're tender, until something juicy and good comes out of you. Does that make sense? You can never shortcut the blessings of God. You can never say, God, I need this, and flip the switch, and then go on your way. It's not about that. He said, those who wait upon the Lord. And I've wondered, oh, if we fail, it would be failing to wait upon the Lord. If I fail, if I fail, it's I fail in, in my private prayer, my, my private devotion. If I fail there, I do, I fail. That's just the way it works with me. But if I will keep up on my walk, listen, it is Christ flowing through you. Then it's Christ in you. Then it's the Holy Spirit who you left to do the work of the ministry. He's with us. Then lastly, the righteous hand of God. And this will, this will go quickly. It says that he will uphold you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. My righteous right hand. There is no sin in God. He is righteous. Absolutely perfect. There is no limits to what God can do. There's nothing too hard for God. The psalmist said, Psalm 89, 13, 40, Thou hast a strong arm, thy hand is mighty, thy right hand is exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of thy throne. Loving kindness and truth go before thee. God is good. He is never evil. He cannot lie. He's always truth. He's just and he will judge. And sinners will be judged. 
But for the person who's come beneath the blood of Jesus, our sins are taken, taken away, but there's a part of the works of rewards that Paul talked about in Corinthians. That's another subject all of its own. But this part about the Lord having his hand on you, that he's, in a sense, leading you, holding you, protecting you. Psalm, Psalm 37, the steps of a man are established by the Lord. I don't know how that works. All, all I can say is, that was a God thing. We can have instances looking back, how could that have all came about the way it did? How could we have been there at the right time? Except to know that the steps of the man are established by the Lord. He delights in his way. Wait a minute. He delights. In other words, God takes interest in your interests. In other words, God is caring about what you do and what's it now when he falls. He didn't say if he falls. When he falls. He shall not be hurled headlong. I grew up wondering if I've if you know if I sinned what it make I grew up grew up there. I'd be at the altar oftentimes assuring my salvation. But I learned this we sin as as Christians. Even to know what is right and not doing it is sin. If we sin, we confess our sins. Don't let it go. And get it square up with God because it affects your, your prayer life. It affects your witness. So we deal with it. We, 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 we surrender back. We keep surrendering. We, we fall. We sin. We slip. There's so many things. But by the grace of God. And not to take grace lightly. But to believe that by the grace of God, I don't have to sin. By the grace of God, he can keep me from that. Because when I fall, I'm not going to be hurled headlong. He's not going to say, well, that's enough of you. You're gone. You're out of here. That's not our God. He cares about you. Your walk with him because he has plans. He has plans that he's taking you somewhere. He's taking you to one level, to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. And you're going to continue to walk with him. You may have moments when you're not sure. You have, may, may have moments when you're, when, when you're not even sure if you're hearing the voice of God. I struggle sometimes. Is this you, Lord? Is that I'm gonna I'm gonna put it back on the burner. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back. Lord, confirm it some way. Help me to hear. Have you ever been there? You know the greatest ways God leads us is this: the peace. Wherever God leads us, even though it may be hard, if God called you to do a mission thing or whatever, talk to your neighbor. Maybe the scariest thing in your life. But you have a peace. That's oftentimes a good barometer to know that God is in it. God is with you. Steps are ordered by the Lord. Listen, 
If we mess up, if we make a mistake, God will help you too. Isn't that great? If I make a mistake, now Moses was human as could be. Moses, yeah, he broke the tablets, he was mad, he got angry. By the way, anger is not the sin unless we allow it to become out of control. Deal with our anger. Moses hit the rock the first time. Go ahead and hit the rock, Moses. And then he slipped. The next time we're supposed to speak to the rock, he hit the rock. Now he was a little frustrated with the people. A little frustrated. He paid for that. But God, in his mercy and his grace, keeps on, stays with us, doesn't give up on us. So if you have a wayward loved one, a wayward friend, a wayward child, God is, you pray and God will do his part. God doesn't give up. God is for those. And you just have to love. Be patient. It's not easy. God doesn't want robot Christianity. He doesn't want everybody just doing it because you have to, but doing it out of a heart of relationship, and that's the bottom line. I will not be anxious when I know I will be less anxious when I know that God is in it. And it's now.